In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If ever we've thought of Jesus as simply a buddy, or a homeboy, or our BFF, well, Luke 21 today might sound a little jarring, maybe like a booming subwoofer in our ears or something. Jesus' words seem to come to us a little bit maybe like Godzilla or Wreck-It Ralph or the Kool-Aid Man smashing to pieces. All of those kind of silly notions of just a cute little cuddly Jesus. He's teaching his disciples about the last day and about us too. The last days that we live in until he comes again in glory. And we're reminded in Luke 21 that Jesus is definitely not a tame God. He says things like this, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. The earth will have distress of nations. There will be perplexity over the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts will fail from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the earth. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. If you added a few shocking pictures or maybe some gruesome headlines and a few viral videos from YouTube, Jesus could have just as easily spoken those words today as he did in the first century. The fact is, we know it and we see it. Not all is right with the world. The promise that our Lord gives us, however, is that it will be one day. That's what Jesus is preparing us and his disciples for in the Gospel reading. The last day, his second coming. We see signs of it all around us. Wars, rumors of war, earthquakes, persecution, violence, famine, disease, death. And so we, along with the church for thousands of years now, have prayed a simple prayer. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray it as we long for our Lord's return. As we look for the new heaven and the new earth that he has promised us. So we wait We watch, we pray, knowing all the while that our hope is found not in the rulers of this world, because we know that kings and kingdoms come and go, but rather in our crucified, risen, and ascended King, that King who has a kingdom that has no end, who rules and reigns for us in His grace and mercy, even in the world that we live in, a fallen, broken world in need of rescue, which is exactly why Jesus came, and why he promises to come again. He says, in this world we will have trouble, but fear not. Take heart, I have overcome the world. He came to redeem this horrible mess of the world that we've made, and one day Jesus will come and rescue us and bring that new heavens and the new earth that he promises, that we long to see. But in the midst of all the different warnings that Jesus gives about the last day and the end times in Luke 21, he also gives us a promise to cling to and hold on to in these days. When you see these things around you taking place, he says, lift up your heads, straighten up, because your redemption is drawing near. In these last days, God calls us to live as his baptized beloved children. A life that is no longer controlled by the compulsions and desires of our sinful flesh. In the last days, we come here before him and stand on his holy ground. We eat and receive and join in a holy meal. We are washed with his holy word and water. We receive holy words of forgiveness. We know that the church has faced challenges before, persecutions, far darker days... 
Christ's church has withstood hostile empires, wicked kings and emperors, persecution, sword, slaughter, martyrdom. And yet Jesus promises the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against his bride, you, his people, the church. So in these last days, as the author of Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the finisher, the completer of your faith. He is the light in the midst of this darkness. You see, Jesus is with you as surely he was with his disciples, teaching us, constantly preparing us for his return. See that you are not led astray, he taught them. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. But do not go after them. Perhaps maybe we're even tempted to join Peter in saying, even though they'll all fall away, Lord, I certainly will not. But we do. We sin like Peter did. We, like sheep, go astray. Each to our own way, doing what is right in our own eyes. You see, the most dangerous enemies in the world aren't necessarily political ones. They're spiritual ones. The devil, the world, our sinful flesh, as the scriptures and the catechism teach us. We're always looking, though, for someone else to blame our sin on. Kind of like Adam blames Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. But rather, as one Christian author said, what's wrong with the world? I am. This is why Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, to take up the cross and follow him. See, Jesus' cross is what gives us hope in this life, in this fallen world that often looks so broken and out of sorts and not right. His cross is what gives us hope in the face of temptation. Hope in spite of our sinful flesh. Hope in the flesh and blood of Jesus. Hope that centers and is founded firmly on Christ crucified and risen for you. Come whatever may in this life. The Cistercian monks had an old saying. In Latin it sounded like this. Stat crux dum volviter orbis. In English, it sounds like this. The cross stays steady while the world turns. So often our lives in this fallen world feel that way, don't they? Unsteady, unstable, like we're one step away, one phone call, one doctor's report, one moment away from having everything that we hold dear coming unraveled before us. And yet the cross is steady while the world is turning. You are baptized into Christ Jesus, into his death and his resurrection. You are forgiven because of Jesus' cross. We are fed because of his body and blood that come to us from the cross to us, his table here. Daily we go to sleep and we arise and everything we do in between under the cross and the sign of the cross placed upon you in baptism. See, Christianity, our Christian life, isn't so much a way of life as it is a way of dying and rising in Jesus every day because he died and rose for us. Like St. Paul says, we are counted as dead to sin but alive in Christ Jesus who bore our cross for you. Yes, the cross stays steady while the world is turning. To be sure, living under Jesus' cross, living as his baptized beloved children, means that you are going to stick out in the culture, the world, your friends, your family even, the community around you. 
The disciples certainly did. And we know what happened to many of them. Many were persecuted or imprisoned. They were brought before kings and governors or rulers, some even handed over by family or friends. Many even, Jesus says, will be put to death. It is a sobering reminder that these last days are days for us to boldly confess the faith, not using things that fade like fads or trends or simple little lukewarm platitudes that might be good for a coffee cup, but not much for comfort. Rather, we fill our ears, our hearts, and minds with the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Jesus crucified for you in the forgiveness of all your sins. His water, His word, His body and blood given for you. These are the anchors in these last days. Jesus says that you will have opportunity to bear witness. And so He calls us then to speak His gospel with those that God places in our lives around us, in our daily callings. We call that our vocation. Families or friends, co-workers, one person, one neighbor, one loved one at a time. It could be overwhelming if we were to think of all the people we had to talk to, but one person at a time. Jesus promises, though, to be with you to fill you with his comfort, to be with you as he was with his disciples. I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to take away or contradict. You see, this is what happens when Jesus fills our mouth with his body and blood, when he fills our ears and hearts and minds with his holy word. He fills it with the wisdom of the cross that Christ has died for you. Christ is risen for you. Christ will come again for you. That's our hope as his people. It's true, though, Jesus promises that we may be hated by all for his name's sake, just as the disciples were, but there's a promise in the midst of the warning, not a hair on your head will perish. Yes, we know some of the disciples were crucified, beheaded, fed to lions, or worse, but not a hair on their head could perish. Christ had already died for them, won the victory over death for them and for you. It's true, Jesus may not be a tame God, but he is good and he is gracious and his cross stays steady while the world around us turns. And there is your comfort, beloved baptized saints. In these last days, when you see these things begin to happen around you, lift up your heads, raise up, because your redemption draws near. Even so, we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.